How do we worship God in spirit and in truth? A very important truth and a very important matter we have to talk about and see what the Bible has to say. Four requirements that I found in God's word when we approach God. How do we approach him? Thank you again for being with me. I pray the Lord will really bless you, enrich your life, establish your hearts in him, in his word, and I pray that God will use this really to put within all of us a true heart that will worship him. Blessed Holy Father, we come in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray you'll touch each one of us by your Holy Spirit. Open our eyes that we might behold wondrous things out of your word today. Strengthen us, Lord, in you. In Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen, amen. We give you all the praise. And God's people said a mighty amen. All right. Number one. Well, first, let's go to Hebrews 10. You remember I shared from the Gospel of John in chapter 4 where the Lord said to the woman at at the well, the hour comes when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth because that's what God, God is looking for. That's what he seeks. So how do we worship God in spirit and truth? I showed the first two requirements yesterday. Number one, with a true heart. We have to come to God with a true heart. In Hebrews 10, 22, let us draw near. That talks, of course, you know, about worship too. With a true heart, so we talked about the yesterday, and full assurance of faith, and we talked about that too, how to have a heart full of faith. David had to come to the place to accept that what God says is true in Psalm 119. So people cannot worship the Lord if their heart is not loyal. That's what a true heart means. And if they question the Bible, they can't worship God. So to have a loyal heart like Mary Magdalene, Mary Magdalene was at the cross. What kept her at that cross when all others, well, most of them were gone and, and had forsaken the Lord? The only two we know about, besides Mary's mom, is John and Mary Magdalene. There were others, but we don't know their names. But the Bible mentions clearly Mary Magdalene at the cross. Was she there because of the Lord's theology? No. Was she there because of his doctrine? No. Was she she there because of his miracles? No. It's because she was loyal to him. So much so that she said at the tomb when she came on that Sunday morning, and she thought he was the gardener. She said, give him to me. I'll carry him. I'll take care of him. That's loyalty to the end. And that's what we all need, to be loyal to the Lord. That is what we need to worship him, a true heart. And secondly, a true heart full of faith, full of faith. We talked about this. Now, number three. Number three, let's, let's finish reading this amazing verse. Sprinkled from an evil conscience. This this one verse gives us all four. Number one, a true heart. 
Number two, full assurance of faith. Number three, sprinkled from an evil conscience. And number four, our bodies washed with pure water. So you can't approach God and draw near without these four things that are mentioned right here in this verse. So I want to talk about what does it mean to have our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. All right. Paul tells us in Romans that we are justified by faith. So let's go to Romans and let's look at chapter 5 because everything here is answered in the Bible. The Bible answers the Bible. So Romans 5, 9, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. So as a result now, there's no condemnation. There's no more uh, guilt. We don't have a guilty conscience anymore. That's why he starts in Romans 8 and verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk after the flesh but after the, the spirit. So it's impossible to worship God with a guilty mind, with a guilty conscience. So Peter said, we have now to sprinkle our hearts from an evil conscience, meaning a mind that is not free yet from guilt and condemnation. Okay? Very important. So when Hebrews write about, when Hebrews mentions this, that we be free from that evil conscience, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. And by the way, Peter does mention that too in in his epistle, and I meant to just mention that. Okay, so to be free from an evil conscience is to have peace with God through justification. I've said this before, I'll say it again. The book of Romans is divided into four, four parts. Part number one talks about justification. That's from chapter one till chapter five. Then in chapter six and seven, he talks about sanctification. In chapter eight, he talks about glorification. And then the last thing he talks about in that amazing book is our duty as believers to the Lord. So justification means free from the penalty of sin. Sanctification means free from the power of sin when we begin to live growing into righteousness. So at justification, God declares us righteous. When when we say, Jesus, come into my heart. At that moment, we're declared righteous. That's justification. Now there's peace with God. And then we have to grow into righteousness. We have to grow into that righteousness because God declares us righteous, but he wants us to grow into it. Growing into it is sanctification. When we walk with God, we cooperate with God, we receive his word, we we spend time in his presence, sanctification. And then we go from there to glorification, all right? So, and, 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 and may I add, now we come to another place, by, by the way, when we see the Lord, on that day we'll be free from the presence of sin. So we are free from the penalty of sin, meaning past sins, when we are saved. Now we're free from the power of sin as we walk with God. And then when we see the Lord, we'll be free from the presence of sin. 
It's, the, it's freedom from the penalty that gives us peace with God. And that releases us from that guilty conscience or from a conscience that is evil. An evil conscience is a conscience that is still under wrath. But we're free from wrath when we have peace with, with, with the Lord. And how does it happen? It happens when we walk in the light as he is in the light. Remember what it says in 1 John 1. We got to see it again because it's all there and, you know, the word comes by hearing, not by what but we heard in the, in the past. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. In us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we have to live a life of repentance. When we come to the Lord, when we fail and say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin, forgive me, precious Jesus. And he forgives us. In, in 1 John, oh, I love this. Don't you love the Bible, precious saints? I tell you, there's so much in God's precious word. Wow. Beloved, 1 John 3, 21. Beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, then we have confidence towards God. So when you condemn yourself, there is no confidence to approach God. We must be free from that condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation. So it says, if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our hearts. But thank God, in verse 21, it says, if our hearts do not condemn us, then we have confidence that we can approach the Lord. So when people condemn themselves, you can't worship. I think we've all had moments like this. When we have fallen into some sin, we did not confess our sin, we did not deal with it, we haven't been free from it, and you try and worship, and you cannot. The words are dead in your lips. You can sing it, but you can't worship. I've watched people. You, you can see it on their face. When they sing, they call that worship. It's not a real worship. Worship is from the heart, not what comes out of your mouth. And, and you can see what they're singing is going nowhere. Because their, their face is dead. Everything is dead. So there's no real heart coming through, you know. So when people are free from the evil, evil conscience, then they can really worship. David said in Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord won't even hear me. So how can he accept your, your worship? Impossible. So all sin must be confessed. We have to accept God's forgiveness. And when we do, we are free. We are free. I love what Hebrews 10, 17 says. Let's go to Hebrews 10, 17. I love this portion. Wow. And their sin and iniquities will I remember no more. God did not say, I cannot remember. He said, I will not remember. Meaning, he made a decision not to remember. God remembers everything that he decides not to forget. And God forgets everything that he decides not to remember. I'm going to repeat that. God remembers everything that he decides not to forget. 
and God forgets everything he decides not to remember. So God made a decision about you and me to forget all our sins. And for that I say hallelujah. Thank God. So we have to come to him with a heart full of full of, you know assurance of faith sprinkled from an evil conscience. Let us draw near with a true heart. We talked about that. Assurance of faith, we talked about that. Now we're talking about sprinkled from an evil conscience, washed in the blood, free from condemnation, where you can really worship God. I remember a lady in my early days in the meetings in Canada. She got saved every service. And finally, I had to go and talk to her. I said, listen, every altar call I give, you're there. It's been You've, you've, you've accepted Jesus many times already. Don't you believe it? Already you're in. She said, I'm so guilty. I'm so guilty because of her sin. I said, well, you know, did you confess your sin? Yes. I said, well, how long have you been, have you been guilty like this? She said, 28 years. I said, for 28 years, you, you, you didn't believe that God forgave you? So she had that evil conscience. She had that, 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 uh, that mind that so was still not free. So we have to believe his word. We have to say God meant what he said. Now, let's talk about the last one. Very important. Again, Hebrews 10, 22. So let us draw near with a true heart. We talked about that yesterday. Assurance of faith. We talked about that yesterday. Today, we just finished talking about Sprinkle for an evil conscience, be free, no more condemnation, no more guilt. He forgave you, justified you, it's done, it's forgiven. Let's believe God's word. And, and, and we have to confess your sin and be free, and you'll know it. Number four, our bodies washed with pure water. What does it mean to have our bodies washed? All right, let's go to First Peter and then we're, we're done with this beautiful teaching. First uh, Peter chapter 1. You know, by, by the way, if you enjoy the teachings I'm bringing to you, please let me know. Just send me a comment or an email to pastorbennybenihin.org or just send me the comment because I look at your comments, believe me. Okay. First Peter 1.22 says, Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit. Ah, that's the key. Through the Spirit, unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. So God's word purifies us and our bodies through the Spirit. And here it says clearly that the word ministered by the Spirit. And once we obey the word ministered by the Spirit, not mentally, by the Spirit, we receive it by the Spirit, and when we receive the word by the Holy Spirit and obey it, we are purified physically. See, it's our duty to read the Bible. It's the Holy Spirit who imparts the word. So it says, seeing you have purified your soul in obeying the truth through the Spirit, through the Spirit. Very important to involve the Holy Spirit in the reading of our Bibles. To say, precious Holy Spirit, reveal your word to me. So now we are washed through 
the spirit who gives us the word that we read, that we read, we take the first step. We, we open our Bibles and we read it and we say, bless the Holy Spirit, reveal it to me. And when we say that, he, he reveals it to us, we obey it and it purifies our body. And so in 1 Thessalonians, Paul talks about how we must purify and cleanse our body. And he says this, this, uh, this is a wonderful uh, portion. For this is, I'm reading 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 3, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification. And then in verse 4, well, let me just read the whole thing. That ye should abstain from fornication, from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel or body in sanctification and honor. And then he also, in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, he prays a prayer for us. He says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray that God, and I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So your body, well, you can't worship God. I can't worship God properly if, if my body is not clean. If there's some sin there in my life, I have not cleansed with the word. God sanctifies our bodies with his word, it says so right here. And I pray God will sanctify. The very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved. Isn't that precious? Wow. So we, we, we have to remember something. Okay, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. There's so much in this chapter about our body and what, what our part is. He says, all things, I'm reading verse 12, 1 Corinthians 6, all things are lawful, all things are not expedient or they are not helpful. All things are lawful, but I will not be brought under the part of any. Meats for the belly, belly for meats. But God will destroy both it and them now, the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord. And the Lord for the body. Verse 15, know ye not your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. Know ye not, verse 16, what? Know ye not that he which is joined to a harlot is one body? For two saith he shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one. But he's talking about worship. How worship connects us with the Lord. But fornication, flee fornication. For every sin that a man doeth without the body, for, for every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that commits fornication sins against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you're not your own? So 
our bodies are the temple. Jesus said to the woman at the well in John 4, the day will come you'll not worship in Jerusalem. There'll be no need for a temple in Jerusalem. And the temple was destroyed 2,000 years ago because God had another temple ready, his church. And the temple physically was destroyed after the temple spiritually was already built. Remember, on the day of Pentecost, the church was born. The temple was built on the day of Pentecost, the real temple. And the body of Christ was growing and growing and growing. And then God said, I don't have any need now for a physical temple because I have the church. No, you're not. Your body now is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God. You're not your own. Now, I know people question, say, well, yeah, but I... I know from prophecy that the temple will be rebuilt in Jerusalem. Yes, to fulfill prophecy for Israel. The temple in Israel has nothing to do with the temple, the church. So let's not get it confused now. The temple in Jerusalem will be rebuilt for one purpose, to fulfill God's plan for the Jewish people one day. That's it. But the real temple is here. The real temple is here. And remember that the temple that will be rebuilt in Jerusalem, Antichrist will sit in it and claim he is God. So it's not the real temple anyways. The real temple is you and me. So let's clean the temple. Let's wash the temple. Like Hezekiah years ago, washed and cleansed the temple. It took him eight days to clean, to clean it up. It'll, it'll take us eight minutes, maybe even less. Just ask God to wash you, to cleanse you with his word. I showed you already. It's the word of God that cleanses us. It's the word of God that cleans us up. Hallelujah. Okay. This is so important. We, we understand all this. And then it says, you are bought with a price in verse 20. 1 Corinthians 6. 20. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which, which are God's. So, all right. We have to offer our bodies to the Lord. Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your body, what? A living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So we have to place our body on an, we have to wash it and place it on an, on an altar, just like they did you know, thousands of years ago with their sacrifices. You wash it, you place it on that altar. And when you place it on that altar, that altar will sanctify the gift. Jesus talked about in Matthew 23, 19, he says it's the altar that sanctifies the gift, not the other way around. So when we place our life on the altar, sacrificially, we say, Lord, my body is yours. It's no longer mine. You paid for it with your blood. It's yours. I offer my body a living sacrifice. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in sister's praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of your heart and your love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. So we give him our body. And when we do, worship. Truly. 
happens in the spirit and in truth. So when you put Hebrews 10.22 with what Jesus said to the woman at the well, it all comes together. God is seeking those who worship in spirit and truth. Let us draw near with a true heart. We, we, we saw that yesterday. Full of faith. We saw that yesterday. Sprinkled from an evil conscience and accepting the fact God has forgiven us. And now washed with pure water. Don't let the world pollute your body. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Don't let sin pollute your body. It belongs to the Lord. Meats for the belly and the belly for meats. God will destroy both. But the body for the Lord and the Lord for the body. You are his. Flesh of his flesh. Bone of his bone. I want to pray right now that the Lord will give you that blessed revelation. Father, in Jesus' name, let each one listening to me, Lord, become a true worshiper in spirit and truth, approaching you with a true heart like Mary Magdalene, loyal to the end, with a heart full of faith, the assurance of faith, like David, free from an evil conscience, free from questions and doubts, and our bodies washed with your word, sanctified unto your use. We give you praise. Mano, mano, kanti palbal alfa. Bless him just a second and the Holy Ghost. Come on, Mary. Peel bilal metro, pialba, pialba, kanti metro. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. We give you praise, wonderful Heavenly Father. I worship you, Lord, my God. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, we worship you, Lord. Do you be the praise. Our Lord, touch each heart. Inflame their hearts for you. Sow your word in our hearts. And sow our hearts in your word. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. This week... I'm going to share with you what I feel and believe is coming in 2023. I've been wanting to tell you that for a few days, but I thought, no, I need to wait. I wanted to make sure the Lord was speaking to me. So uh, this week, maybe tomorrow, but maybe more like it, maybe on Thursday and Friday, I really sense some strongly some things about Israel, about Iran, about Europe, what could take place this year about America. So I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll be sharing on this. I haven't said a word about what I have sensed in my heart about this year. But look for it this week, will you? In the meantime, just join me tomorrow. And uh, I, 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 I'll, be, I'll, I'll be led tomorrow by the Lord which way I'll go. But I really love teaching the word to you because I want you to be strong in the Lord. And you will have a great new year. You are going to have a great new year. Lord, though their beginning was small, their latter end will greatly increase every one of them. Lord, I pray 2023 will be a year of abundance in every way. In Jesus' name. And God's people said amen. All right. It's time to sow seed.
I think sowing seed, giving of our finances to the Lord has become more important now than ever. Because that's what secures our future financially. You cannot depend on, on, on the banks or on the world or on the economies of the world. Your money can go in one night. You, you can lose it all. And I believe God protects us through giving to his work. Even when others lose, we don't lose because I've not seen the righteous forsaken or received begging for bread, it says in the Bible. God is true to his word. And, and there's no other way to go. There's, no, there's, there's nothing else to do but believe God's word. There's no other place to go. Where shall we go to, Lord? You have the words of life, it says. And we have chosen to believe every promise of the Bible. Because there's nowhere else to go and look for anything that can give you that kind of peace and assurance. Only Jesus gives us that kind of peace and assurance. And he said, give. That's what, 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 what the Lord said. He gave us an order, a command. It's not an advice. He said, give, and it shall be given unto you. We simply believe it, as simple as that. And God will increase you, bless you, protect you, and protect your family, protect your future, protect you from, from losing your job, and if you do, he'll give you a better one. Because that's his promise, and all we have to do is give. I'm telling you, giving is key to all that and more. You lose nothing but by giving. You lose by worrying and by keeping. The Dead Sea is dead because it doesn't give anything. You never lose when you give. So let's do it today. You can do it on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, which is the simplest and quickest. Benny.org, or you can simply text BHM45777. Do it today. Watch what God will do. Put him to the test. He promised he'll never fail you. Never, never will fail you and me. Okay, much love. I'll see you tomorrow. Shalom.